You stupid bitch. Yeah, you're a stupid bitch. You stupid bitch. Welcome to another episode of Stupid Bitches Say What? The Aussie podcast about everything and nothing, but always with wine and your hosts, Sean Hipkins and Sky Lee Cullen. This week, it's the second instalment of our special international true crime series, and we are heading to what a lot of people would call Australia's cousin, Ireland. <laughs> Did you make you put that in there? <laughs> no, that was the idea. Listen in as Sean covers the gruesome case of the Scissor Sisters. No, not the musical act, far from it actually. <laughs> but these gals live up to their name more than their singing, dancing and kiki having counterpart. Oh, let's have a kiki, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, I actually just said that you've written that in there. Sisters, twinnies. That's our song. Um, well, I cover the case of... Drum roll, please, because I forgot what I'm covering. <laughs> well, I cover the case of the murder in the Knoll case. <laughs> well, I cover the... well, I cover the murder in the Knoll case about Rachel O'Reilly, the young mother of two who was found bludgeoned to death in her family home. What you drinking, Sean Bino Hipkins? Well, so tonight is an interesting night. So we've both decided that we're not going to go too hard because it's got a big day tomorrow. You've got other responsibilities. So I'm drinking my second half bottle of the night. And this one is Hearts and Bones. It's a 2018 Cabernet Sauvignon. Now I'm drinking half bottle as per the What's the Hats episode. And I'm unsure how long this one's been opened for. So I'm definitely aerating it. <laughs> If it's been left out of the fridge, that always makes it taste worse too. Like if you didn't put it straight in the fridge when you decided to put the lid on and stop drinking. And I didn't. <laughs> I can imagine because that happens to me regularly. Okay. I leave the bottle on the table and then put it in the fridge a day or two later. So this is the 2018 Cab Sand, so hopefully it's got a little bit of legs. Mm. And it's from the Margaret River. That sounds lovely. And let me just give you a rundown. Is it a nice drop? Considering it's been open for fuck knows how long. It's actually not bad. I was expecting it to bring tears to my eye. Good. Good to hear. I'm, I'm really happy to hear that for you. Thank you. Thank you, Sky. And uh, what, pray tell, are you drinking, you stupid fucking bitch? Okay, so you're going to love this. Uh, I am a stupid fucking bitch, that's right. So I'm drinking, actually, I don't even know who the fuck makes this. Okay, so I was trying to be a little bit weird tonight because I it was my idea not to have too much to drink because I have been ill this week with the fucking dreaded gastro. Um, and I thought I'll just have one stand to drink because in a in addition to the gastro <laughs> that I've had, I also have a full day of shit that I have to do tomorrow um, and a double podcast this evening, if you will. So, and dropping your just, son off to, to work. Oh, yes, that too. Um, so, you know, when you go into the pub, right, and you see um, those weird, like, craft beers or you see yes. something and it's like, it's like a flavour and you're like, oh, that sounds right, and you walk up and you're like, oh, fuck, it's like, mango flavored beer or passion yeah. fruit flavored beer and you're like oh fuck that sounds disgusting i'm not gonna do it but i have wondered for a really long time what they're actually like if they taste like absolute shit because people seem to love craft beer at the moment right it's I like the it. biggest thing i don't mind um the little creatures one that you get on tap most commonly the crafty one i quite yeah. enjoy that one and there's a couple of others that i don't mind but the popular ones anyway so well, sorry to hear that. <laughs> so it's funny. Just give me a Heineken or a fucking... Um, look, it's it's to be determined for me. It's to be D, TBD. You're, you're open-minded. We're not going to give it... A, we're going to find out in, momentarily. Very um, good. So I'm drinking a Slipstream. It's the Slipstream Brewing Co. It's from their fruit cart range. And have a guess what flavour it is. From I'm going to say... Raspberry or strawberry or cherry? It's a cherry sour. Okay. Well, look, I do actually take that back because I have had 
cherry beer and strawberry oh. beer in Belgium, and they were nice. I just got a fucking manicure today too, and I'm just like nearly broke my nail. Open this fuck. Oh, oh, oh! It's a boy. It's a boy. Okay, I can't. I can't have my first sip when it's the foam. I need to actually. Okay, here we go. Wish me luck. Good luck. That's not looking promising. Oh, I don't know how I feel about that. It's more <laughs> like it's <laughs> it's definitely a beer. But it's more it's a like yes, but it's like and it's like a, a known, it's almost like I smell it more than I taste it, but I do taste it. But it's like it's sort of like the equivalent of a, a beer that's that you know that seltzer seltzer light flavor that you get. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of like that but a lot less palatable than it could is you, in a seltzer. Let's have another sip. Could you drink a carton? Fuck no. I, well, hang on. Let, to be fair, let me finish <laughs> the can and let me give a proper okay, rating once there. I've done it. But let me have another sip. Hang on. Ooh. Ugh. <laughs> Has it got the beer aftertaste? Oh. oh, it's actually a bit rotten. Okay, yeah. let's let's see how I go. Let's see how I go. Ooh. The palate adjust. <laughs> it's always hard with that too, because with, especially with beer, because your brain's, the taste of beer is beer, you know, and that's why you drink oh. beer. And your brain's trying to associate that you're drinking beer, but it's got the fruity flavour. It's like when you pick up a thing of flavoured water and you don't know it's flavoured and you take a swig of it expecting water and you're like, oh, fuck went in my mouth. Oh, this is fucking foul. <laughs> <laughs> It's not getting any better. Choices. <laughs> Told your craft beer was shit. Oh. Two is extra dry all the way, please. Two is new, plus. That's new. Also yeah. a good choice. Don't recommend. I highly don't recommend. She's not into it, folks. <laughs> it's nasty. Uh, so how's your week been, stupid bitch? Look, the week's been pretty good this week. I, um, I, I, been getting right into a lot of TV. So I'll give you an update on Evil. Um, remember that TV show I was telling you about where the acting is. Must be finished. It was only a few episodes, wasn't it? Yeah, well, there's three seasons. Oh, well, actually. So I've done I do the first season. The second season, she's come back, the lead actress, and her hair's a lot better. So that's <laughs> sort of a bit <laughs> a bit of a plus. That's right. You were banging on about her hair last time, weren't you? Yeah, and just her awkwardness. And they've really tried to put a comedic twist on. So it's quite, it's watchable. It's just awkward. That's the only way I can explain it. But um, have you been watching any Handmaid's Tale? No, and I was going to bring it up actually this evening, um, and to see if you'd you'd start it. But I was like, and I wanted to quote the guy because I follow this guy who reviews TV shows on Facebook, um, and he did it. What did you do a review of that I was obsessed with? That was really Maths. good, and that's how it. No, no, this is a different one. This is a, this is one from the US and he does Game of Thrones and stuff like that. It might have been Yellowstone. It was something. Anyway, he reviewed something um, and I was in love with his review and I haven't stopped watching it. Anyway, so he put something about um, Handmaids this week and it was something like, I know I keep promising I'm going to review the first because I think there's three episodes out now. Is there three or four? Uh, four. And he was like, I know I keep promising that I'm going to review Handmaids, but to be really honest with you, um, I'm just not, don't know if I'm there yet. I don't know if I can go back into the bleakness. And I normally don't comment on people like that stuff. Like, you know, I generally reserve my comments and shit for friends and family. Like I don't comment on public pages. Yeah. Uh, unless I'm tagging people in memes. <laughs> Which happens 24-7. Um, anyway, so I went back on and I was like, same feels, bruh, same feels. And he went and liked my comment um, because I was like, literally, you took the words right out of my mouth. Like he was, and it was like something like the ble- the total and utter despair and bleakness that awaits me is just too hard to face yes. right now. And I was like, dude. <laughs> I said that verbatim in, a, in your handmaid's <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel you, bro. Yeah. I feel you. <laughs> well, we, we were, um, we're three episodes in of into the thing we haven't watched the latest episode yet but it's it's good it's not so bleak yet yet oh yes yeah but um yes it's it's good yeah yeah you'll enjoy the first couple of episodes they've done a good job 
Um, and we started The Americans. Oh, yes. You know. So only um, one episode still? Just the one episode. Um, the biggest hurdle in starting a new series is, is getting Vinny's interest. If and picking gonna, one, deciding on one too, together that you both agree on. Yeah, so, well, he didn't, we only picked Americans based on your recommendation and yes. um, your previous discussions in the podcast. So I put it on, he's like, let's give it a go. And he actually watched it. He wasn't just on his phone the whole time, didn't know, not know what's going on. He was commenting on what was happening and thought we're on for a winner here. And then he said, yes, I'm interested in watching more. Ooh, I know. But yeah, well, no, it was, um, it's a good first episode. You can see how so they picked it up from there. Is the guy still in the boot? In, at um, the end of yes. that episode, he's still in the boot. Oh, no, right. he's come out of the boot. Right. He went to take uh, him over to the FBI neighbour, I think. Yes. To Or to the FBI and try and do a trade. And he wanted to... The money. Become, and he wanted to become, deflect over to their side. Yes. He's like, yes, no, yes. Russia first, Russia first, or the USSR first. And, um, and that's when... A spoiler you, alert. That's you where, find um, out who he is to her. Yes, he raped her during training and then <clears throat> she never told him and then he sort of yes. finds out what happened when she said you do what you want with him basically after she kicks the shit out of him and then he just breaks his neck. Yes, yes. Well, um, And then they make passionate love because she realises he actually mm, is there for her. She's the yeah. number one, not the USSR. And by that point, you know that they've been together for about... 16, 17 years, give or take, um, and they actually have been completely just there as colleagues, even yes. though they've, they've spawned children together. They've had no sexual... He has. He's always been in love with her, yeah. but she hasn't wanted anything to do with him, and now it's starting to turn. So imagine living in a... Even though it's fiction, but imagine living in a house with someone for that amount of time, having sex with them to actually procreate and having no feelings for them, yeah. even though you have All to the... fake and pretend that you do... Um, and then for the I job. Just, yeah. yeah. But anyway, that's my TV fix. Um, how's your week been, Super Batch? Look, um, since we're talking about TV, I just want to really quickly touch on um, The Staircase because based on your recommendation, Ooh, good, look, good, at good. Us, look at us listening to each other's advice and taking actually it. Actually taking it on board. I know, I know. We usually just say, yeah, 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 and then never do it. Um, but I watched The Staircase after your recommendation and it was exceptional. So if anyone had listened to the podcast and thought, hmm, maybe I'll watch it, even Tyler liked it. He thought it was incredibly whack. Um, yeah. as did I by the end of it. Um, but I tell you what, I can't believe Colin Firth didn't win an award for that shit. He was amazing and it was so fucking good. Did Tony, did he get nominated? They both got nominated and I feel like the show might have won some awards, maybe not best show, but best something. Um, yeah. Costumes maybe. Uh, I don't know. Or I don't know, something. But um, they should have. He should have won. She's very. She was exceptional as well. But he, oh, him, to got, me. It says they got two awards and nominate. So they just got two nominations. Yes. Yeah. They got nominated. Yeah. But she was amazing too, wasn't she? She was. She was excellent. Yes. They were both excellent. But him, for me, I thought he was just considering how much I love him and what an absolute dead shit he plays in that in that show. Yes, <laughs> I know. I think I may have said it in the episode we did on it that when I was watching it, I wasn't watching Colin Firth at all. You yeah, know, I was watching Michael Peterson. Michael Peterson, a hundred percent. I would totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, but very bizarre. And those poor fucking children. Oh my I god, know. my heart just breaks for them. I know. And um, what about um having Tony Collette having to act out the three theories? Well, every time it, it came towards that, Tyler's like, I don't think I can watch it again. And I was like, okay, we'll go out of the room or you know, like Go Close do something, or, yeah. and so you don't have to watch it. And then he's like, "No, I have to watch it now." So he watched every reenactment. But the one where he beats her is the really hard one to watch. I think where he gets her on the stairs. That was the, yeah. that was the terrible one. The other ones, the one where she fell and the bird and everything like that, like that they were was a bit more bearable. Yes. So um, what do you think awful. after watching them? What do you think? Do you think that our one's plausible? I, th I absolutely think that our one is plausible. Yeah. However, I think 
he is a pathological liar um, and an absolute piece of shit. So I think he could, and incredibly manipulative. Um, Yes. And the way he says, like, her death was an accident. That's all he keeps saying. So I think that he believes it was an accident. And even though he may have fucking walloped the shit out of her with the blowpipe or whatever it was. I, I do think he did it. I do. I, I do think. There's a small chance it was the owl, but most of it yes, points to him. Yeah. And I think um, he's just one of those people that can spin such a story that makes you have doubt and question everything else. And his kids, the loyalty that his kids showed him, you know, until they weren't, until they didn't, they weren't loyal anymore after they were just completely broken and just yeah. couldn't face him anymore. Um, and that woman from France who fucking gave up her child and her life for him just from writing letters and watching the documentary. She didn't even know him. And then he um, dumps her. And then he dumps her. Oh, that was brutal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a great, a great, great show. Um, but the other thing that I will talk about very briefly is that my dear, dear husband got his wisdom teeth out today um has has been in a lot of pain this week hi tyler baby i love you i hope the bleeding stops soon and you feel better get well soon tyler um yes but he went in just for where they did the local and then they reefed it out and when the the doc i went into the waiting area with him and then went and sat in the car while he got it done because it was at cooper and i thought by the time i get home i'm just going to turn around and come back yeah and because he had a local and stuff, I wasn't sure if he'd be able to drive. And the guy who came out, the doctor to do the surgery, was this tiny little fella. <laughs> and I thought, he jumped in Tyler's mouth and pulled him out himself. <laughs> to reef these giant teeth out of his mouth. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, you're the doctor. Nice. Um, Tyler loved him, thought he was was really like, I really love that doctor. Um, but, yeah, I was like, there's going to be some real reefing going on. And Tyler said that when he was in there, they had like a TV on the roof that had like calming music and calming scenery and stuff like that. And he couldn't see any of it because this small man yeah. like on top of him, like trying to reef it out knees on his <laughs> chest. And shit. <laughs> yeah. It's not a pleasant experience having your tooth taken out. Like you hear the crushing and the feel the tugging. And Well, I'd have to get put out because he had the option to get put out, like get knocked out. Um, but it was going to, take a little bit more time because he's yeah. just about to start a new job and so he he was just like just get it out of the way um and then Aaron my brother-in-law was over last night and he was telling me when he got his out every time he's had to be completely knocked out wow he's a bit of a chicken but that's me like I was taking Tyler in there I was petrified like I yeah. felt and I couldn't say how sick I felt because I didn't want to upset Tyler anymore and make him feel more you freaking you know out. freaked out so I was like everything's fine everything's fine but the meanwhile I was just like if this was me I'd be fucking rocking in a corner right now having to go in and do this but um anyway that's pretty much my week in a nutshell um over to you should we get into it? Let's get into it, baby. All right. So, um, hello, Ireland. <laughs> Linda, Hi, Ireland. Linda and Charlotte Mulhall also dubbed the Scissor Sisters by the media for reasons which will become apparent. Our sisters from Dublin, Ireland, who killed and dismembered the mother's boyfriend, Farah Swali Noor, in March 2005. Noor was killed with a Stanley knife wielded by Charlotte and struck with a hammer by Linda following a confrontation with the sisters and their mother, Kathleen Mulhall. His head and his penis were sliced off and the rest of his corpse dismembered and dumped into the Royal Canal in Dublin, where a piece of leg still wearing a sock was spotted floating near Croke Park 10 10 days later. So Croke Park is their, like, um, the place where I think they must play all their fucking hurling and shit there, but they also have their concerts there, so kind of like our Gabba or the Suncorp Stadium. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the victim, and I use the term quite loosely, Farah Swali Noor, arrived in Ireland in December 96, claiming to be a Somali whose family had been killed during the Somali Civil War. Investigations, however, revealed that he was in fact a Kenyan and that his family was still alive. The Department of Justice, Equality and Law Reform ordered that he be deported, but he appealed and was granted Irish citizenship ship in March 1999 because he had become the father of an Irish-born child. He had four previous convictions for offences, including intoxication, threatening and abusive behaviour and assault. 
In 97, he raped a mentally disabled 16-year-old Chinese girl who oh, later wow. gave birth to a son. Oh, wow. In Ireland or in Kenya? In Ireland. Two other women had children by him and both described having been raped by him. Nor had faced eight charges. He had three children through rape. Through rape. Jeez, he was a fertile motherfucker, wasn't he? (laughs) I know, that's the other fucking thing too, isn't it? Like, yeah, going in and raping and they all get pregnant from the court. And there's probably a few out there that got raped that didn't have kids. Anyway, Nor had faced eight charges of disorder and assault one involving a sexual assault in which a knife was found at the scene by Gardi, which is the Irish police force. Mm-hmm. He was convicted on three occasions but never served time in jail. The Mulhalls were from a working-class area in South Dublin. Their parents, John and Kathleen, raised a family of three boys and three girls. Oh, the Irish, they like to procreate. Six of them, fuck me. Every sperm is sacred. <laughs> Kathleen was originally from the travelling community. The mother. And you know the travellers, the knackers, the gypsies. The gypsies, yeah, yeah, I remember. John Mulhall allegedly abused Kathleen during their relationship and eventually their relationship broke down. After starting a relationship with Nor, after Kathleen started a relationship with Nor, he moved into the family home. So John, the father of the kids, took some of the children and moved out. <laughs> Nor, who Gardy described him as being particularly violent towards women, duh allegedly subjected Kathleen to regular beatings, which seems legit, and I'm sure the daughters were exposed to a lot of this violence as well. Mm. So Linda was the oldest of the daughters, was 30 at the time of the killing. She also suffered abuse at the hands of her partners, as did her four children, who were eventually taken into care by social services. The same guy who beat her and her children ended up in prison for a couple of murders. Linda had a history of alcohol abuse and suffered from an addiction to heroin. Charlotte Mulhall was 21 years old when the killing took place. Like her sister, she had a history of drug and alcohol abuse and also known to dabble as a sex worker. So the upbringings at home and their home life weren't really great (laughs) at all. Or weren't a good start, a foundational life for them. I'm looking up their photos. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. You wait, you wait till you see the photos that'll go into the promos for this. Holy shit. Yeah, they look like they cut a bitch, right? Oh, you wouldn't want to come across them in a dark alley, that's for sure. Even in a fucking sunlit alley, I'd be running the other way. So on the day of the killing, Linda, Charlotte, their mother and Noor had been drinking heavily in Dublin city centre. Sure. Drink, drinking vodka and Coke from a bottle that they'd mix themselves as they walked around the city. During this time, Charlotte and her mum dropped some Eckies. <laughs> so the 20-year-old, 21-year-old and her mother have a pill. They returned to the mother's flat where the women took more ecstasy and Kathleen crushed a tablet, which she put into Noor's drink, so they were all on the same buzz. Linda and Noor were sitting on a two-seater couch, so the, this is the 30-year-old, and Noor was sitting on a two-seater couch with Charlotte sitting on the arm when Noor started touching Linda in a sexual way. He spoke into her ear, calling her and her sisters creatures of the night, and he put his arms around her waist and refused to let go. Kathleen, the mother, then started screaming at him, and an argument took place where the, where the mother was alleged to have instructed them to, just kill him for me, or just kill him for me. Charlotte picked up a Stanley knife and struck Nora across the throat, inflicting a wound that sent him to the ground. She's the youngest, Charlotte, isn't she? Charlotte is, yes, 21-year-old. Linda then picked up a hammer and hit him on the head a number of times. Their mother looked on but did not participate. Nora was stabbed at least 27 times. It may have been more, but pathologists had had no opportunity to examine the full body. Examine the full body, sorry. Linda and Charlotte then dragged Noor's corpse into the bathroom where they begin to dismember him. Noor's head, limbs and penis were severed using a kitchen knife and hammer. They put towels over his legs to stem the blood flow. The dismemberment took a number of hours and the body parts were placed in black plastic bags and a sports bag before just being disposed of in the Royal Canal. This took the women several trips. (laughs) 
he was killed with the Stanley knife, though, or was I it a think, combination of the Stanley knife and the hammer? Yeah, I, well, I think it was pretty much both. So he would have been bleeding out, but the hammer would have finished done him off. Done him over, yeah, yeah, right. So they decided not to throw the head in to prevent identification. The head was brought by bus to Tullet, where they walked through the Square Shopping Centre to Sean Walsh Memorial Park. They walked to where Charlotte dug a hole with a knife to bury the head. Kathleen Mulhall threw the knives and hammer into a nearby pond. A number of days later, however, Linda allegedly returned to the park and dug up the head. Using her son's school bag, she transferred it to a field in the Kilnarden estate in Tala. Why? Where she broke it up with a hammer before burying it again. Oh. <laughs> So Linda's the older one. The killing only came to light 10 days later when Noor's leg, with the sock on the end of it, was seen floating in the canal, a few hundred yards from Croke Park. Garda sub-aqua divers retrieved most of the rest of his body in seven parts. The Gardi traced his identity through media appeals. Noor was only identified when someone recognised a T-shirt on the recovered torso. That key witness, a Somali man, was the first to connect the missing Noor with the three Mulhall women. It should also be noted that Noor's head and penis were never found. So the subsequent manhunt and the trial in October 2006 attracted intense media attention as the details of the crime slowly emerged. The sisters and their mother were arrested but released after denying any knowledge of the killing until Linda confessed to her involvement in the crime. So I'd say that was under tense interrogation or some shit like that. Until this, Sagardi had been making limited progress in the case. Kathleen Mulhall left the country to live in England and Gardi were unable to locate her again until January 2008. But when Charlotte and Linda were charged with the murder in December of 2005... Oh, yeah, you're charged, then you go to the trial. Justice Paul Carney, presiding over the trial, said during the sentencing that it was the most grotesque killing that has ever occurred in my professional lifetime. Nice. <laughs> Linda and Charlotte were both charged with murder and pleaded not guilty in the Central Criminal Court. The trial took place in October 2006, with Linda Mulhall being found guilty of manslaughter while her sister Charlotte was found guilty of murder. So Charlotte, who's the one that took the knife to him? So Charlotte is the one who sl slashed him with the knife. The youngest one. Yeah. And so the oldest one was found guilty of manslaughter, the youngest one guilty of murder. Linda's jury accepted her defence of provocation. Charlotte was given the mandatory life sentence and Linda was given a 15-year sentence for manslaughter. Leave to appeal was refused for both sentences. Kathleen voluntarily, voluntarily returned to Ireland in February 2008 and, among other offences, was charged with two counts of giving false information to Gardy about Noor's whereabouts and withholding information which she knew or believed would be assistance in prosecuting her daughters for Noor's murders. She was also charged with impeding an arrest in the murder investigation. She pleaded guilty to help, helping to clean up the crime to conceal evidence, and she was sentenced to five years prison in May 2009. So the girl's father, John, hanged himself in Phoenix Park when his daughters were charged with the killing, and he was believed to not have been involved in the situation at all. Oh, my God. And he took the boys with him, didn't he? So the girl stayed with Kathleen and he took the boy. The three well, I boys. think he took the three boys and was it three boys and three girls? Yeah, six. Yeah. So I think he took those four. So um, during incarceration, Linda turned to alcohol and slashed her arms, causing her to spend over a week in a psychiatric hospital. In April 2009, she claimed to fellow inmates that she had, had in fact, smashed Noor's head and distributed the fragments and rubbish bins in the Phoenix Park. The first disclosure of when Noor's head had ended up was referred to as the final secret of the Scissor Sisters. She was released from prison in January 2018 after serving her 15-year sentence. Charlotte caused a 
well, most of her 15-year sentence, sorry. Charlotte caused further national controversy in 2008 when photographs of her jokingly holding a knife to the throat of a male prisoner in Mountjoy Prison were leaked to the press. A male prisoner? A male prisoner. Oh, because they have shared prisons over... I noticed that in something I was researching about Ireland, they have prisons where it's men and women. Co-ed. Yeah. Yeah. So... um, That's bizarre to me. Yeah, totally. Like, you think there'd be some naughty business going on and end up with... That might be why they do it, to sort of placate them a little bit, to be at like... Because I imagine... But you don't want them getting pregnant, do you? No, I guess not. But, I mean, going without sex is, is a big part of life for some people. Like, yeah. True. Some people are phased by it, but there's lots of people that it would be incredibly difficult for. And I guess that's the point. Absolute horn dogs, yeah. I, I guess that's the point to deprive them of, you know, the liberties that, that normal people They've taken have. from other people. But yeah. also I think sometimes it can cause undue tension for people Angst. and they lead to doing things through other methods if they're sexually frustrated like i honestly believe that yeah true uh, well, I'm, no, like, I'm no doctor but <laughs> male rape and presence and stuff like that yeah yeah a lot of it's for power but a lot of it's to i want empty why they do it. I'd, I'd love to know why if you're if you're in ireland and you're listening and you know the reason why they have co-ed prisons where most places in the world don't i'd be very interested to hear your thoughts on that or why the it's so as a result, security in Irish prisons were increased and she was moved to Limerick Prison, the only other Irish prison to contain a women's unit. She had been getting day releases from prison this year, however, due to her good behaviour, and it looks likely that she'll be released by the end of the year after serving over 15 years of the sentence. Wasn't she sentenced to life, though? Yeah, yeah. But life imprisonment usually is like a 25-year or something like that, isn't it? Yes, and that can get um, reduced and... Parole and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the girl's brother, James Mulhall, also found himself in a little bit of trouble and pleaded guilty to the robbery of two prostitutes, claiming he robbed the women to support his own six children and his sister Linda's four children, whom he took on after she was jailed. So we ended up with ten. Ten of the fuckers running around. Mother still speaks for Charlotte, but not... Linda. Linda. The older one. Saying, I only talk with Charlotte. She is my life. She is my only child and Andrew is my only son. I only have two children in this world. She's also apparently quite ill and has a hole in her lung. Um, there's actually oh, she's nuts. The mother's nuts, clearly. Oh, like, yeah. Wait till you see her picture, too. I, I saw her. I looked yeah. her up. Yeah. I mean, she was taking pills with a fucking 20-year-old kid. Excellent role model. Excellent. And asked them to kill, just kill it for me. Yeah, yeah, But there's totally. actually a, um, a good special on this case on YouTube that you can watch, um, and it's pretty good. It's actually where I got the inspiration for this after my Irish hub, Spinney, told me about it and made me watch it. It's a good call. I think it's a little chance, too though. brutal for me. I think it's one of those ones that I don't know if I could sit through. Like, yeah, it's oh, not. Oh my God, the picture of her holding up the knife to the prisoner is actually here. Oh, excellent. I'll use that in the socials. I just searched Scissor Sisters Dublin, but it doesn't even look like they're in a prison. There's a birthday cake. He's wearing an Umbro shirt. She's got her tits out. Maybe she was on day release. No, because I said it was another prisoner. Where is it? Okay, so I just searched in Google, Scissor Sisters Dublin, and it's about a page down. He's wearing a grey shirt. Yeah, in images. Um, And he is wearing a grey shirt. Oh, yeah, I see. There's a birthday cake between them with a number one on it. And underneath it says, Scissor Sister Charlotte Mulhall enjoys rare Dublin day trip from jail. There oh, you go. there you go. Yeah. So, so they must have all been on a day trip and fraternising that way. Where do they get normal clothes from? I thought you had to wear prison shit. So Maybe I guess when they're, they're coming out on day trips, yeah. But you wouldn't imagine you'd just get an umbra shirt. You'd think you'd be getting Barbara's basement Kmart <laughs> shit unless yeah. your family supply the clothing to you, they must. Yeah. But yeah, it's obviously yeah, a joke. Yeah, they some perks in Irish fucking prisons, don't they? And it's like obviously a joke, that picture. Mm. She's smiling. But I, I guess we was... can't talk. What about the chick who, who heroin overdosed the boyfriend that we did and then she was allowed she to finish even... her master's? Yeah. <laughs> she did, did she even go to jail? She took the fucking complete kiss, didn't she? <laughs> 
that's it. That's just, it's just a case. Well, that was so awesome. the mother and one of the daughters are definitely out of jail already, and the other one's likely to be out at the end of the year. So the the, the group, the Scissors Sisters, their name's not derived from this in any way. That's just coincidence, obviously, because I they were around so. before that time. They've been around for yonks and yonks, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, right. Well, there you go. Yeah, these images sure are something. So forged in the gay nightlife scene of New York, the band took its name from the female same-sex sexual activity. You know, when they say of scissoring. Of course, this scissoring, yeah. right. Okay, yeah, I get that. Yeah, right. So what have you got for us from the Green Emerald Isle? Okay, um, I'm just I'm just gonna say though some of these pictures, mate, you're gonna have a lot of shit to pick from to do pictures <laughs> for these scissors sisters chicks. Like, come on, I know, I know, they're rough, aren't they? Oh, they're rough as guts. <laughs> Wowzers. Okay, all right. Um, so Rachel and I will I'll do a shout out. I do shout out to your husband because I did Google. Um, shocking Irish murders and crimes. And I came across a few and Vinny ended up suggesting one that I had already had a bit of a look at. Um, but ultimately the recommendation for this topic came from your husband. Very good. Um, so thanks, Vincent. Um, but Rachel O'Reilly was a 30-year-old mother of two from Dublin. She was described by family and friends as a real live wire with such a good heart. In October 2004, Rachel was found brutally bludgeoned and beaten in the bedroom of her Knoll house in Ireland. It's Knoll, isn't it? Knoll. Vinny? What? Is it pronounced Knoll? Yeah, N-A-U-L. Yeah. Yeah, Knoll. Yeah. It's near where Dickner lives. It's what? Near where Dickner lives. Oh, right, okay, okay. Evidence indicates that she was murdered shortly after returning from dropping her young children to school and crash. It was initially framed as a burglary, burglary, a burglary gone wrong, ending in astonishing violence. Rachel's husband, Joe, alleged she was at work far on the other side of town and becoming alarmed when his wife failed to arrive on time to collect the children, alerted her mother requesting she attend the family home to check on Rachel's well-being. Rose, Rachel's mother, arrived at the scene, requested by Joe to attend the scene, only to find her daughter broken, deceased and laying in blood. At the scene of the crime, an investigator inquired into the couple's relationship. When asking questions regarding their married life, Joe offered that neither of them were having affairs, which the officer thought an unusual thing to say. Yeah. Shortly That's just a red flag straight up, isn't it? I know, it's I know. It's like a little kid, kid with chocolate on their face. I didn't eat the cake. Yeah, yeah, we're not even being questioned. Yeah. Um, and look, I think if there's people, the Irish listeners who are listening. <laughs> hey there. So um, they've probably seen the, the videos of him on the late show. Is it the late show that he's on where he's been yeah. with at the time and he's sitting next to the mother and she's like, you know, yeah. far away from him. Um, but yeah, he, he seemed to um, really not play the victim very well at all. <laughs> um, so shortly after on the same day, so he said, so it's the Guardi. Um, but I think when, when, I, when I've been retelling the story, I think I've referred to them as the police a couple of times. So again, apologies. I'm just not used to calling them the guardy. Um, yeah. I do know that's what's called in Ireland, but yeah. I just, I wasn't sure if an investigator is still an investigator. I think it's there's a different word for it. They've got um, like guardy is like multiple. Mm, Garda levels one, as well. I think. Like they call them or the other way around things, but yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so. He said to the investigator, neither of them were having an affair, but then shortly after, on the same day, he recanted this statement, admitting to the same investigator that he was indeed having an affair, but that it was now over. It was later revealed he had been in a nine-month affair with a 42-year-old advertising executive. So two weeks after Rachel's death, Joe received the keys to the family home and were asked by the police, the Guardia, the Garda, Guardia? Um, Guardi. 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 Yeah. 
were asked by the Guardi to return and confirm the missing items from the robbery. Shortly after, he contacted Rachel's parents to advise him that it made him feel better facing the scene of the crime. He urged them to do the same, and despite Rachel's mother proclaiming she would never set foot in the home, she agreed in a helpless attempt to provide some relief to her and her husband's grief. When they arrived, he began to reenact the crime. So he claimed he didn't murder her, yet mm. he chose to do a reenactment of what may have happened for the mother and the father, right, in the home two weeks after she was brutally murdered. So Rachel's dad, Jim, is quoted as follows. When he was down reenacting the murder, he was saying, well, he must have hit her like this and hit her like that and looks at the splashes on the ceiling. He was looking at our faces and he'd say our faces were draining and I think he was getting a kick out of that. Yeah. When I look back at that, how could you go through all that? It's unbelievable that he reenacted the murder in front of us. Yeah, like I'm sure they didn't ask him to either. No. O'Reilly was said to have shown no signs of emotion as he showed Rachel's parents the blood-stained walls so they wouldn't have been cleaned yet. He got the keys to go back and tell the police at you know, evidence and say what was actually missing, like go through a list and do an inventory of what was missing and then he's like encouraging the parents to go there and attend. Like I guess at that time you grasp for anything that will sort of help you make sense of the situation and even though you know it's horrific, you just try to muddle through it the best way you can. So I guess yeah. that explains why they went there, even though the mum didn't want to go. Um, she wanted some answers. She knew she probably had to go. And, yeah. Exactly. So this was just after her funeral. So two weeks after her death, and they pretty much just buried her. Um, so, so as he was showing the parents the blood same walls and proposed that his wife, Killer, was probably cleaning up in the bathroom when he heard her choking on her own blood. So this is what he said to them. This is quite specific, yeah. Apparently, when he got to the bathroom, he said when he, the killer, got here, he could hear Rachel and knew she wasn't dead and he went back and finished her off, said Rose. And that basically was true. After the inquest and all, it emerged she hadn't died straight away. So he was revealing evidence that he wasn't even privy to. So he was oh, he's only privy to it scene, because he did it. Yeah. but basically telling them how he killed her, like, He's, he's, he's clearly nuts, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Or unless has a massively crazily, like he just has no self-awareness or his ego mm-hmm. was so clouded that he thought that they wouldn't put two and two together and be like, how would you know she was choking her own blood? How would you know that he went back? And it was like he was trying to be her off? Yeah, like, too helpful. Yeah, I think, yeah. and I think he also had a, like there was a perverted way about it. Like he wanted to see the pain. Like he wanted he to got off on that it. in some way. Yeah. Um, but not long after that, things began to unravel for Joe. Detect- detectives began to question if he was really where he claimed to be at the time of the murder. After tracking his phone records, he was found to be in the location of the couple's home or near the couple's home, the site of Rachel's brutal murder at, the, at and around the time that she was killed. Police became certain as the evidence stacked up that Joe was guilty of the murder of his wife. He beat the mother of his two small sons to death in their bedroom with a kettlebell and manipulated Uh, his mother-in-law to be the person who found her cold, dead daughter after this violent, horrific crime. Do you know what a kettlebell is, don't you? Yeah, kettlebell, isn't it? Kettlebell, I mean. Yeah, those fucking, you do the squat, throw them out things, yeah. And it can really inflict some damage it's a ball of metal basically weight behind it yeah the handle absolute piece of shit right so rose the mother claimed she knew 24 hours after around approximately i added the 24 hours but approximately the day or so after that joe had killed her daughter despite his claims of innocence and before his bizarre and allegedly imagined reenactment of the crime yeah She claims he repeatedly asked her to listen to the frantic messages he was leaving on Rachel's answering machine in an attempt to construct an alibi for himself. Yeah. So he was like ringing, like after she'd been murdered, he was ringing her phone and saying, you know, please pick up or are you okay? What's going on? On multiple times to try to like pose that he was, you know, the heartsick, like, you know, concerned husband, even though he was the one that killed her. Piece of Um, shit. Rose says, I remember hearing Rachel's voice 
in her head, she's implying, but she goes on to say, I'm not mad. Um, it's not as if I was hearing voices in my head, but I could hear her saying over and over again, ma'am, he did it. Wow. So, like, he's trying to show her these messages and she just felt like Rachel was talking to her saying he's, he did it. He's, yeah. He's the one, like, she, she, just, she just knew straight away. Um, Joe is proclaimed to be a vegan <laughs> now spending his prison days tending to a small garden on the prison grounds. At the time of my research, it is said that he's pen-palling with up to 15 different women claiming to profess their undying love for him and maintaining his innocence. He's not even attractive. He's horrid looking. He has never confessed to the crime despite being sentenced to life in prison. All appeals for leniency or a shorter term have been dismissed to date by the courts. It is believed that he has stopped expecting a commuted sentence. However, in 2021, he was caught with a prohibited item on his person, a USB stick containing thousands of music and movie titles, an item he believed he should be entitled to. <laughs> Joe has, argued, has also argued for longer, more personal visits with his two sons, now adults themselves, and to be sent to an open prison. Um, these requests have also been dismissed. Yeah, because he's not showing any signs of remorse or guilt or anything. No, but you, you can't even imagine the mindset of these fuckwits. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he murdered her with a kettlebell for fuck's sake. That's brutal. And they had two little boys together in the bedroom, like yeah. where they lived and brought up their children. Like, what kind of person wakes up in the morning and goes, yeah, fuck, yeah, I'm going to do that? Yeah. And knowing that the kids would probably have to stay in there after the mother's gone, knowing that their mother died in that room. And was to, murdered. To know that she was murdered and then to ring her mother and say, I'm concerned about her well-being. I'm too busy to go and check on her. Can you please Can you go, go to the house and check on her? Knowing full well she was going to show up and find her dead daughter's body. Yeah. Like, who does that? And in that interview on the, the Late Late Show, wasn't it? Yeah, where they're... Um, she, you can see the mother's has to is forced to sit next to him, and she's just like, oh. And he goes on and on in that interview. Um, it goes for a couple of minutes. Vinny also shared it with me today. Oh, nice. um, it goes for a couple of minutes, and it's basically him saying that he believes that um, it was someone that she knew because why would they have been in the bedroom? Like almost like implying that she was having an affair and it went bad as well. Like, yeah. absolutely. I think that the most appropriate way to sum him up is having absolutely no self-awareness of yeah. what other people could be thinking. Thinking he's got this great situation. plan. Just thinking that he, people are looking at him and going, yeah, we would never pick that you are responsible yeah. for this crime. Like, you are totally the innocent party. Like, and oh, my God, you're correct it. on how, yeah, exactly. He put a big neon sign around himself saying killer with an arrow pointing to his head. Yeah, he, absolutely. Um, and trying to give out this information like he was the one who cracked the case and shit like that. I think after like reading what I've read, I think he was trying to set it up that she was having an affair um, and saying that she, her lover had killed her because why were they in the bedroom? That's what he says on the TV, on that the Tonight Show, the live show, the late night show, whatever uh, show it was. Um, he's talking about someone obviously knew her because why would they be at that end of the house and... And well, so the mother's sitting there next in. to him while he's saying this, thinking, yeah. how dare you bring my daughter's name into repute when you're the fucker. And at that point, and then there's another, it flashes to another bit of more recent times of the mother and her saying that she 100% knew she was sitting on the couch, that he was guilty. She was certain of it. Yeah. So Poor bitch. They had enough evidence to convict him and give him a life sentence, but he's never... Confessed. Confessed and said that he did it. Yeah, and that's why they're like, no, fuck you, dude. You've learnt nothing. You're staying in this fucking maximum security. Yeah, he's he's in medium, actually, medium security. But he's not in a co-ed because that's how I first started to think, oh, shit, they have, like, open prisons where you, like, have men and women. Like, I'm just surprised by that. We don't have that in Australia, do we? It's always men men and women's prisons. Yeah, they may be units, like women units in there, but they're separated. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, there you go. What a fucking piece of work. I know. Thanks, Vinny, for the um the suggestion. Yeah, it was very good with both of us on our um. He did want me to do the tonight. um the Deidre Crowley one. Have you heard about that one? That's yes. a horrible one too. That's the kid, isn't it? The kid that they the teacher abducted and then the father shot her in the face with the shock. It was in Kamel. She was hiding he was hiding in Kamel. 
Yeah, with the kid for a year or something, wasn't yeah, it? And then they yeah, found well, out. They found out and came and fucking um, knocked on the door and he shot himself. Just shoot face. yourself, you fucking prick. Yeah, don't shoot her. She was only fucking little. She's only like four or five. She's a baby. You fucking self. But I said I couldn't do it. It's too graphic. It's just you don't like the kid ones, no. I don't like the children one, no. That's horrible. They're too, that, like when I did that Rockhampton rapist, that was really hard. But I, I, the story about the chick in the cupboard yeah, was maybe. too good a story. And I, but then I like had to tell the bit about why I was in prison in the first place. Well, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed our tales of Irish murders. Tune in next week as we get all pop culture spookified and prepare for Halloween by sitting around the campfire and sharing some scary ghost stories, my paranormal bitches. Night, stupid bitches. Night, stupid bitches. Good night. Good night. Yeah, that stupid bitch. Mm -hmm. He's a stupid bitch. What a stupid bitch. That stupid bitch. He's locked himself out of the bedroom. Did you get in? No. Well, is this so the, the, no, the cat is also trapped on the other side of the door in the bedroom, howling and trying to get out from the other side, just to add <laughs> to, the to the situation. Have you got I have to call the emergency locksmith. We can't yeah. get in. To find the, I have to find the real estate, the emergency contact, and see if they can send someone out to unlock the door. And now Link's, and my phone's in the room and Tyler's phone's in the room, locked in the room. So I'm trying to use fucking Link's phone and it's coded oh. to his face. <laughs> She's still not in. It's just what a comedy of errors, isn't it? Literally. Are you in? Yeah. Are you in? He's hey, in. congratulations. The cat's free. Is the cat free? Is the cat okay? What? The cat's still behind the door trying to reach underneath and attack Tyler. He's obviously traumatized by the hole. So he's hiding behind the open door now. <laughs> trying to still attack from underneath the door. Oh, that cat. <laughs>